Hey, Mason. What time is it? Uh, like 12.15. Happy birthday. <gasps> Happy birthday! Mason, it's your birthday? Uh, just now, I guess. Yeah, how old are you? 15. <laughs> Give me a hug. Happy birthday. Oh, my goodness. Hey. Have you been drinking? Have you? Yeah, a little. Have you? A little bit. And you men? A little bit. <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay. I'm gonna go to sleep. Talk in the morning, huh? co-host mike we finished our trilogy this month with richard linklater's boyhood now i i really do think it took me 12 years to finish watching this film i know boo, it was my... boo already <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it it actually did take me about uh two weeks to finish it because boy like this viewing was exactly the same as my theatrical viewing and i haven't seen it since uh 2012 2014 Okay. Oh my gosh. Ugh. It's going to be in the title of our episode. Uh, you're just, I, I feel like you're doing this on purpose. Like you wrote yourself a note, like get the year wrong, do everything possible <laughs> to insult no, the no. filmmaker that made this very show with his, uh, before, su- was it before sunset? Yes. Before sunset, him and, uh, Linklater and Woody Allen, the bread and butter here, as far as the downloads on this, this podcast. And I'm glad you're starting ugly because you fought me on this. You're like, do we have to do boyhood? And I'm like, Yes, do we have to do one of the few Criterion collections we have? No, let's do Clerks 2 and Drag Me to Hell. Let's, those, I get no <laughs> argument from me on that. But Boyhood, I, you threw a fit. The 12, the 12 years to make thing got me thinking 2012, so I apologize. People really do consider this as like one of the greatest films ever made. I am a little shocked by it. Like The, the universal praise that the film got. 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, last I looked. So was your first viewing as magical as, as I, I'm assuming this uh, recent one was? You know, both were um, initially, and I, I'm speaking initially during the watch itself, not, not after it's over. I would say that uh, I, I'm a big fan of this movie. I was coming out of the theater. I was re-watching it this time around in a hotel room on my iPad, so a, a different experience. I watched it in... In one go, unlike you, you monster, uh, make fun of me for you know speeding up my podcast, but you just really slow play this uh, <laughs> 12-year odyssey. I I think initially, both times, I'm like, oh, I don't know about this, because uh, the first, I guess, few years, uh, Linklater really uh, likes to lean into uh, the pop music of the time, um, because I'm guessing, you know, he's establishing... 
hey, this is going to be the passage of time. Because they don't do the uh, kind of tactless. <laughs> now it's 2007. Now it's 2010. There's no title card. You just get to kind of ease into a, another year, another transition. And obviously as the, as the kid starts to age, it gets a little bit easier to distinguish uh, the hairstyle, the way he dresses, especially when he enters his adolescence. But yeah, those, those first few years, he's just a kid and maybe you as a father, which actually I'm a little disappointed in you. I'm going to start visually wagging my finger at you uh, over the Zoom call. You didn't have a child. You were not a family man when this came out. So I actually thought, you know, Webb's going to bitch and moan. But when he comes around to it this time, he's going to look at this through the eyes of a father and have a totally different, a magical experience, as you put it. Not at all. Having a kid didn't change you in the slightest. That's what I'm getting from your assessment of boyhood. You were the same exact person because uh, this is a monstrous response to... Uh, I think it, I think it will go down as a classic film. I think you know all the all the Birdman fans are eating shit right now as they should have from that year. <laughs> now here's the thing, because there is no real plot and there is a same severe as lack Birdman, of... by the way. <laughs> There's no real drama, I guess that is kind of that's consistent throughout the film. There's drama here and there and in in spurts, but. Uh, nothing I would say this Hold film on. is about are we dismissing this kid uh, not really having a father figure and the men that do purport to be father figures are usually alcoholic and abusive and bad to his mother is not a lot of drama in this kid's life it's all easy going it's basically one long no, 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 no. decade plus episode of dazed and confused just hanging out I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean drama in the sense of uh, problems and conflict. I mean, uh, there's no overarching story for me. Um, the kid overcomes something that's, you know... It, it, I would agree with you I don't wanna... on, on him, on the main character. I would say the the parents, that's where you see the dramatic change. And if you're looking to them, it's more about uh, how they mature into... Uh, adulthood, uh, maybe having uh, a family too early. I think it's talked about uh, in the film. Even Ethan Hawke has a bit towards the end where he's kind of throwing shade at this kid's mom, his uh, ex-partner for, uh, you know, she always wanted me, me to be this guy, but she was just too impatient. Eventually I got there <laughs> like with my second right. marriage and my second family. <laughs> <laughs> called boyhood you know i i figure that most of it is going to be centering around this one character. do you know why it's called that it, Tell me. it was originally called 12 years but then 12 years a slave came out <laughs> and they're like well we can't do that <laughs> <laughs> i think they should have i think they should have gone for broke <laughs> that would have been great a lot of people relate to it because they see a lot of themselves in some of i guess kind of the 
problems that some of the kid goes through or maybe the, the, the feelings that are evoked through this journey. Um, but I feel like this is a very specific come-of-age story and a very specific narrative. Uh, there's so many other individuals of different race, of different class systems that have a completely different, you know, outlook and have a completely different story. So I didn't relate to this on any level. Maybe that's why there's a distance. Now, I do I don't believe appreciate... You. I don't believe you. There's uh, a... <laughs> Yeah, you know, there's got to be a version of Lil Webb, uh, obviously you and I are older, that waited in line. In this case, it was for Harry Potter to get their books. There, I mean, there's a version of you that had those those little moments of of uh, togetherness with, with people uniting you through pop culture. All of that. Just admit it, Webb. You hate the whites. Those scenes, you hate the whites. Michael. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> Those scenes are not there to show any kind of togetherness or camaraderie or friendship. Those scenes are there to show, here's what time we are in right now. Oh, he's playing a Game Boy Advance. This is what time we're in right now. This is what's popular. Here's an internet video that's funny at this time. Those are the replacements so wait, for the title cards. You're comparing this Criterion Collection uh addition to what what was it the like the weezer video that used all the like internet memes <laughs> <laughs> like in the mid 2000s <laughs> i just didn't see myself um relating to the problems that this kid has and it actually gets quite worse as it goes along there's a lot of really cringeworthy moments you've got scenes like the the party that they go to after where there's like those older kids are drinking, they're hanging out with like the older kids and uh, they're using these, <laughs> this weird language and the slang that's really, that feels like a, a sitcom. -y. Uh, they're punching wooden boards. They're playing with, you know, it's, <laughs> you sound, I don't know, like, you sound I don't... so old right now. Cause I was thinking, what scene are they using weird slang? I didn't, <laughs> until you said punching boards, I'm like, I don't remember this. I'm like, Oh yeah. They're just, it's like a house that's not been constructed yet, right? They're just you know, they're just drinking beers, Webb. They're just doing what kids. I was do. in Math Olympiad after school. Okay, All right, don't <laughs> yeah. uh, don't put your nerddom on the rest of us. The, you know, Linklater tried to throw you a bone with Harry Potter. That wasn't good enough for you. <laughs> You're like, no, no, you didn't get into the weeds of this kid reading the Goblet of Fire or whatever the fuck it was. I you thought... don't see him reading anything. <laughs> His mom re reads to him. I don't got a problem with that. One bit of you, you want to take away that little bit of joy, so the, the alcoholic father figures. <laughs> so you need to take his mom away from him too. Okay. Well, you know, you actually you don't see him interacting with those father figures hardly at all because I mean, you know they force him to uh, what the haircut sequence. I thought was all right. There's something going on here, and then you know fast forward another year, like oh okay, well that's not a problem anymore. <laughs> yeah yeah that trauma just goes away <laughs> <laughs> he's clearly okay with it and then um and his, the way his mom reacts also actually i did like that scene too it's like well you needed it you know and so a lot of there's there's a lot of interesting threads here that never get pulled you know it, it never seems to go anywhere and just when things are getting interesting we got to move on and I will give the film a lot of credit because it's a fascinating experiment. It's absolutely fascinating to f film something this way. And I often think about, like, well, if it wasn't that way, if this film was trimmed and had kind of a plot or, or something for this character to overcome over the course of a film, 
and it wasn't restricted to having these same actors, would I like it more? But the thing is, the entire nature of how this film was produced is completely ingrained in its DNA, and to separate the two would be to make a completely different film. I understand. Like, I get what people agree. Like, one of my, my best friend's mom broke down, I think, uh, crying during the scene where he's going off to college, and, and she kind of has, and, and Patricia Arquette's character also has that kind of breakdown in that scene, and that was very relatable for her. Awesome. Like, I'm glad that people connected to it, but I just didn't have any of these this same is, issues and it, semi, it's a, any of these same experiences. Well, it's weird to me because... You know, I, I that one of the most common sort of lines of attack I think of this film is on, uh, as you said, poor uh, Eller Coltrane here, who has not taken the world by storm with his acting prowess, which um, you know probably because he was cast in a uh, a movie, <laughs> you know, twelve years out of like okay, hope this works out well and you can hold the screen. I do think Linklater was lucky in that the kid is attractive and he really. Uh, like you mean yeah I'd, eventually or like as a kid i just no i mean like when he becomes a teenager he could easily just on looks alone i could see him cast in something where he's a high oh, school student really you, wait you think this kid's ugly because i don't think this is a uh, angus from the mid 90s I, I don't think this <laughs> i don't think this kid was ever going to be bullied other than the fashion choices he makes like to have you know a piercing or something i I think he looks very much. I mean, you know, uh, you know. Let's get into the hot or not. Uh, <laughs> fucking was it? Uh, what's the actor's name? Is it Wiley from Days and Confused? Much dorkier looking than this kid. And Linklater didn't try to project out what will you look like as a sixteen-year-old. So I'm saying he got lucky in the sense that this doesn't look like a complete dullard. Uh, he looks like he would be on screen. I don't think that he has much in the way of acting chops, but I think it serves the purpose of the film where he really is just a blank slate for you to sort of bring your own experiences to this film. So it's weird for me because you and I are approaching this in a different way. You're saying, um, you know, give me, uh, you know, this, these plot machinations of some sort to involve me more in this. Whereas I, do and you know on both watches found myself drifting back to my own experiences as a high schooler as as i was watching this because i do think that he is so passive and everyone else is having as you said with patricia arquette she does have that great monologue where she she just tells her son i thought there'd be more than this like basically other than raising you i thought there would be when i got to this point there'd be an ending or a next chapter and now i'm wondering if like, the only thing I did in my life was raise you. And she's not saying that's a bad thing. She's just saying she doesn't really see the after. Him, I, like, in almost all the scenes, even with the combative uh, men in his life, he just kind of stands there. Uh, I mean, like a sullen teenager. And either takes it, maybe he says once or a smart-ass thing. Uh, but this is definitely not an episode of My So-Called Life. There is no Claire Danes having the... Um, the moment in the show, it looks like, all right, we're about to go commercial. She's going to cry now. <laughs> She's going to cry and hug her mom. There is none of that. I found that pretty realistic and also helpful that he's not really that unique of a teenager. I think he sees himself as that, but like most teenagers, it, they don't realize how vanilla they are 
and how much of a cliche they are in that 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 time and that's that's fine i mean they they should that is the time you should uh be a cliche because you're just trying to find your way but yes it it is slightly awkward when he is going up against ethan hawk in some of those father-son scenes because one dude is like an actor like a real actor like an accomplished actor and I think that Linklater shifts. I think you can tell when he's like, okay, we need to involve the parents more uh, if we're going to give this some sort of direction, which is why Patricia Arquette, I think, won the Oscar because she's the one that has m- most of the arc in this movie. I was going to bring up, like, are you a fan of uh, 400 Blows or something? Because uh, Yes. Because okay, so you're a fan of that. I love 400 Blows. I, I, yeah. I see that as very similar to this, except for... No. <laughs> okay, except for you go to IMDb and it's like, oh, there's crime in the summary. That's what Webb needs. But to me, it's like a directionless kid and you kind of put your own... You bring your own ideas to the table as far as what could happen like with this life and boyhood is to me about that. It's about the possibility of like, well, you're saying it sort of exits when it gets most interesting. I think it's exiting when it could possibly get most boring. Cause this kid, then he's going to have to start making decisions in boyhood of what he's going to be next. And I'm not really that interested in what he just, if he becomes an architect, if he becomes art Vandalay, I don't really care what he, what he does this. I just wanted to hang out with him as he sort of stumbles along through boyhood as you keep going back to the title why, why am i doing all the heavy lifting it's not a fucking choose your own adventure novel okay like fill in the gaps <laughs> like later this is bullcrap um the, if it was a foreign film i think that the uh this would be pristine which is i'm glad that i no. have critics on my side because i feel like foreign films get by with this bullshit but american filmmakers were like well what what you could have done this you could have done that I disagree, and I want to go back to 400 Blows. I think this might help not make my point, but maybe give you an idea of kind of where I'm coming from. Well, something that is universal that anybody can latch themselves onto is kind of the innocence of youth and growing up during that specific time period. Once you get to, like, middle school and on, so I guess my major problems are with the second half of this film where this kid becomes a pot-smoking, fucking know-it-all, hippie douchebag. But the innocence of you <laughs> and the things that he's... <laughs> the 400 Blows character is just <laughs> sweet and innocent. <laughs> nothing, nothing problematic no, with him. But, no, but his character is not sullied the way that you're still way too early in childhood to have some of those odd experiences that you get through in, in, in middle school and high school. Those experiences aren't there. And his interactions with kids his own age and his parents seem much more pure and much more honest to me and more relatable and so the first half of boyhood i actually do like uh uh, those situations that he gets himself that not he gets himself in but the situations that 
Mason finds himself in and his inability to kind of do anything where in later in life he chooses not to do anything. I don't know. It's hard for me. <laughs> He's just articulate. going through a public school education. <laughs> like he doesn't have rights to then I'm going to move across the country. I'm gonna, like, it does end. That's <laughs> like when well, he's, that's not exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> he doesn't then, do you know, anything. I... All of a sudden... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he goes to college. I mean, he gets, he's now an adult. <laughs> it's like, I can't watch scenes like uh, uh, him coming back from a party and his mom is like, are you high? Are you drunk? He's like, yeah, a little bit of both, man. I don't know. I don't remember that <laughs> exactly, but <laughs> I take um, I take back like, everything oh, I said yeah, about. Yeah, you should probably sleep it off. Coltrane's acting ability, because like, I just heard your line reading. I'm like, ugh, go back to Coltrane. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't relate to that on any level whatsoever. Rebs, that seventies show <laughs> version of the character. <laughs> what? Well, what do you mean you can't? relate here like i mean yeah specifically you might not have had that instance but i would say that's a fairly generic and universal first exposure to alcohol or drugs especially for the teenage years no really uh yeah i went i went to school (laughs) i I did my math olympiad a few times (laughs) i had german honor society I yeah. tutored kids uh, for my calculus course during lunch. It's like I had a very different experience. And then I worked on the weekends at my dad's store. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> But are you applying that to the the majority population who – No. Okay. But that's the thing. Like the majority of the population, if they, if they do relate to it, I guess that's great. But I think that this – but my, I think my it's vote very specific. And my, no, it's not. <laughs> like you're a fan of Freaks and Geeks, right? The show. Yeah. Same, same thing. It's a completely different. I mean, it's two or three decades ahead, but it's you know kids drinking beers for the first time, kind of telling these little fibs to their parents, trying to take baby steps into that's, freedom. Yes, that's fine. I think that. Like, I did relate to that. And it also helps that you've got characters who are, you know, into D&D and I knew, Star Wars. I knew, I knew the and, Dungeons well, & Dragons on, was on, coming hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Uh, one of the scenes, and I think... Um, Where he, he comes home and, like, watches his, like, comedy show by himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yes, exactly. Wait, who is that actor? I mean, it's Martin Starr. Martin? Yeah, that's, that's the opening to one of the episodes. It's just him yes. laughing by himself, just having a pure experience. But, but more so than that, it's like I think he was having like a shitty day and he comes home and like mm-hmm. that's his like escape and that's his comfort zone. And that's the kind of stuff that I really re- related to. I did not – and I did have instances in my life where I was like, oh, I did have interactions with people who smoke pot and this and that. But I never imbibed at that age. I never did any of the things that – I don't know. Like I had a very restrictive childhood. You know, and I was coming at it from a different cultural perspective as well. It just and here's the thing: just because I didn't have the same experiences that this character didn't, doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to dismiss it based on that alone. <laughs> I found the characters in this All film to be generally previous twenty four minutes of this uh, conversation to the contrary. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not. That's not the only reason. You know, uh, uh, like Mason ultimately, uh, Junior ultimately kind of becomes this snarky wise ass that like I have no interest in 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 seeing what he is up to. Uh, he uses 
a lot of like overly myopic, very simplistic and uninformed logic about very complicated issues, especially that like final act where he talks about how Facebook is lame, man, and I don't want to be plugged in or, you know, whatever. So a teenager is what you're describing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Zero interest in any of that. But it's not the – but the thing is the counterbalance to that is his girlfriend in that scene was like, well, it's a useful tool. And the more rational point of view – um, who is this? Uh, who who's his sister? Um, Link, Samantha Linklater's the, actual daughter. Yeah, yeah, the coke fiend, like completely unlikable. That, uh, she apparently got uh, pulled over for a DUI or something in uh, with cocaine possession. She's on probation for like a million. Are you talking years. about the real yeah, person? Because I'm like, you're just, yeah, you're just trying to yeah. sex up the boyhood with some petty crime no. again. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's the actual actress. Like, I would have watched that movie. That's the movie I want to see. Why wasn't that in the movie? This is all realistic, and 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 all the the actors brought their own life experiences into the script, right? Why can't we have that scene too close to home? Link later is that? What it is? I, I love. <laughs> this is when the episode of <laughs> Web being wrong on every count, but like <laughs> now we're accusing Linklater of not using his own life experiences. <laughs> As if his entire filmography is pretty much just that. <laughs> I know that I am very much in the minority here. Finally. About boyhood. <laughs> I, well, I always knew that. That wasn't. I wasn't trying to hide the fact. I'm not trying to make a case against boyhood. I'm just trying to explain why I don't like it. And I don't. I don't think I've done that. But ultimately, <laughs> it's my damn right as an American. Who's seen this movie twice? I just know um, on Freaks and Geeks, uh, the mere mention of D and D makes them authentic and true. And this kid <laughs> waits in line for Harry Potter, and you're like, he probably didn't even fucking read it. <laughs> 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 There's no pleasing you with this. 